0: Welcome to CapeCast Audio 20. This is the 20-minute weekly podcast from the city of Cape Coral, Florida. I'm Connie Barron, and I'm the host of this weekly program. I have a special guest in studio today, and that guest is Vince Cummings. Vince, welcome to the program.
1: Thank you, Connie. Glad to be here.
0: Vince is a native son of Cape Coral, born and raised here. He's also a recent retiree from the military. And I'm going to have Vince tell us a little bit about his military career and his work with the Reserve Officers Association of the United States. So, Vince, why don't you tell us a little bit about your career in the Air Force and tell us about the military and why you were actually called to be a chaplain.
1: Well, first of all, again, thank you for having me today. It's an honor to, to share the mic and to, to tell the story, uh, and most importantly, to champion those who serve in our armed forces, and most importantly, to be an advocate for Cape Coral. So again, thank you. But I wanted to start off by saying that I was not born here, My parents moved here when I was four, but for the last 36 of the 40 years, I've always called Cape Coral my home, and I'm very proud of it. Mm -hmm. So, but to answer your question, uh, my calling as a chaplain began many, many years ago. Now, people say, well, you're only 40 years old. Mm -hmm. You're only 40, but um, how'd you know what you wanted to do with your life? Well, early on, I realized that there was a calling on my life, and I wanted to serve others. And having first enlisted as a medic in high school, uh, I had the opportunity while going to college to study theology and really was really into studying religion as an academic discipline and uh, the chaplain of the college I was at said, "Did you ever think about being a, a military chaplain?" I said, "Don't you have to go to graduate school?" And he's like, to get commissioned after that?" I was like, "No, he says, once you're in school, you get commissioned as an officer." So from there, I uh, received a legacy scholarship to go to Vanderbilt Divinity School in Nashville, Tennessee, and was appointed as a second lieutenant in 1995. As the saying goes, the rest is history. And from there, it's been a journey that I have fully enjoyed and appreciated. But at the very core, why I serve is to be a living and visible reminder of the holy to our young men and women to give them the hope that they need to do their jobs, and most importantly, to inspire confidence for those that serve our republic.
0: Tell us just a little bit about some of your service, because I read a little of your biography, and you did actually spend some time overseas.
1: Yes, I did. Uh, In 2009, I had the opportunity to go to the Republic of Iraq, where I was assigned at Joint Base Balad, and served as the executive officer to the senior chaplain. For those in your audience that uh, may not understand what joint joint basing is, throughout the Department of Defense, uh, all the services are consolidating the resources, just like here at the local government, we're looking at ways to become more efficient. Well, the Air Force and the Army shared the same piece of property, and it was decided that due to the replication of services that the Air Force would be the executive agent and providing all the services. So the Air Force became the agent for chaplaincy services. And when I arrived, I had the uh, opportunity to uh, be the uh, proponent for our national prayer breakfast. And while there, I had to bring in several hundred people from around the region for the annual event. And uh, I guess... My boss saw something in me and said you're good you're good as a planner and an organizer so I want you to work with me and I wound up not only servicing the flight line and having the largest Protestant uh contemporary service on base but I ultimately dealt with uh congressmen and senators uh generals and other distinguished visitors from from the from the states who'd come in to want to see what the chapel program was doing. And I would have to say that on top of ministering to our, our men and women in uniform, the most, the most memorable experience I had in Iraq was partnering with the American Red Cross and the USO to facilitate the opening of an airman ministry center, which I might add, and I'd like to to tell your your audience that uh, when you do send things to troops overseas addressed to any American service member, it does get to where it needs to be. And oftentimes it winds up in the hands of the chaplains who ultimately create many of these um, coffee house clutches um, where all the goodwill of the American people can be distributed. And we had coffee from many different vendors, food, books, TVs, but as it related to the USO and Red Cross, we were wanting to work together to get a synergy with one-stop comfort. For these air, for the airmen and soldiers, and uh, I had a hand in doing that. And I like to say that uh, the legacy that I left behind was one of uh, you know making the lives better for those for those troops.
0: So you retired this year. I did after how many years? Twenty
1: two years, seven months, and
0: sixteen days. It, it sounds like it was a pretty full career. It was. So, so tell us about the Reserve Officers Association of the United States, and what is your current role with that organization?
1: Well, the Reserve Officers Association of the United States is the premier advocacy organization for the uniform the reserve components of the seven uniform services. And what I mean by that is each of the armed services has a reserve component, the Army, the Air Force, the Navy, the Marine Corps, and the Coast Guard. Uh, the Army and the Air Force have also a National Guard component, the Air and the Army National Guard. But we advocate for all all of the, excuse me, the seven uh, reserve components. And what I mean by that is at the national stage, our, our corporation is congressionally chartered. And we are empowered by Congress to advocate on matters of defense education and all issues related to the reserve components. Uh, in a national capacity, I was elected as the national chaplain in 2006. And here locally, I am the president of of the Department of Florida, meaning that my jurisdiction is uh, commanding the organization within the state of Florida on behalf of all of our, I think we have over 10,000 members here in the state.
0: Oh, that was, was going to be my question, how many members do we have, which is qu- quite a few. Yes. Is it one of the larger ones, the state of yes. Florida? Yes. Yes,
1: we are... We are number, I believe we're third in our organization as far as the component piece goes. And our national membership is over 60,000 people, service members. One of the
0: reasons why I uh, invited you to be a guest this week is because we have a, a very important visitor coming to Cape Coral we next do. week, which uh, you are responsible for bringing to Cape Coral. Who is coming and why is he coming to Cape Coral?
1: Well, uh, my term as president expires this month after one year, and it's been an honor and privilege to, uh, to have the stick, as we say in the Air Force, of uh, leading the organization, and it's been a, a grueling one uh, for a volunteer job. I've worked probably worked harder <laughs> there than I ever did earning a paycheck, but it's been very rewarding. And as part of our national convention, we are having Major General Robert Kosalki as our keynote speaker. Now, General Kosolke is also the national surgeon and elected, well, appointed officer of ROA nationally, like I am as the chaplain, but he still is an actively serving reservist. And in that capacity, he is the commanding general of the Army Reserve Medical Command, which is a national army command that's actually headquartered up in Pinellas County in Pinellas Park. So the general is a traditional reservist, like I was has a practice in upstate New York, but is on active duty to the tune of hundreds of days a year, serving as a reservist, being a a commanding general. Well, General Kosalki is coming to be our keynote speaker here April 28th for the banquet uh, address, but he's also coming early on April 26th to tour our new VA outpatient clinic. And that 150 million dollar investment that uh, the federal government has blessed us with, and he's also going to tour and see the the land footprint for where the reserve center is going to go as well. And in his capacity as the commanding general of the A Army Reserve MedCom, his rank status within the Army the Army Medical Department is within the top three to four uh, generals in Army medicine. So he is a mover and shaker in the the world of Army medicine.
0: Now, Major Kosulke, Major General Kasuki is the um, second high-ranking uh, officer that we have um, invited to Cape Coral in the past year. Major General Keith Thurgood was here last year for the same purpose. W- what were some of General Thurgood's impressions of the city after he left last year because he sort of followed the same itinerary visiting oh. some some key areas of cape coral and what were some of the impressions at least he relayed about the city of cape coral
1: well i've had a chance to visit with general thurgood after his visit and washington earlier this year and he was very moved and uh overjoyed with the support that was demonstrated by the people of Cape Coral in hosting a reserve center. And he uh, was very interested in maybe buying some real estate here when, <laughs> in, in the future. So everyone that's out there. It's a good time to buy. It's a good time to buy, and that's right. what he was told. He received an aerial overview of the of the city provided by, uh, sheriff, by our Lee County Sheriff, Mr. Scott, as well as given a boat tour of the canal system and got an overview of the community and General Thurgood's visit, again, was our keynote speaker last year, but his position being essentially the, the second or third in command of the, of the Army Reserve um, gave him an overview of the Reserve Center and the, and the VA clinic, both in the process of being developed. So he was able to get a strategic view of what's going on here. But General Kosalki's visit is more of what we would call a tactical view on the ground, because the mission of the VA in having an Army Reserve Center within walking distance could possibly present a synergy as far as medical resources and assets for training and potentially assisting in any state of emergency or natural disaster that might come
0: our way. That would be very, uh, for lack of a better word, very cool if we could have a teaching hospital in proximity to where the um, VA medical clinic is going to be as well as where the reserve mm-hmm. uh, training center is going to be.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, and again, I can't speak for what the Army's interests are in the situation, but as it stands right now, I believe that there, there's somewhere around 300 jobs that they're, they're bringing into that armory that are spread out in numerous locations to consolidate but as far as the medical piece goes the trend nationally is for the US Department of Veterans Affairs and the Department of Defense to just like in local government to find ways to be more efficient and streamlined and the fact that you're going to have the sold the authorization there for an army reserve footprint along with uh, a state of the art VA facility is what many would consider to be an opportunity that would be too good to turn up to turn to turn away and that's why General Kasuki, in turn, not just coming to for our, be our keynoter, wants to see what's going on here on the ground. And there's a good possibility that he might be interested in wanting to do more, since his headquarters, is, his national headquarters, is not even a two-hour drive from here.
0: So it could end up being somewhat of a fact-finding visit as well. Absolutely. So how is the city helping out with this uh, visit from General Kosalke? What is the role of some of our city staff
1: well, Mayor Sullivan has been very gracious in, la- in the last two years hosting our event. Uh, he's greeted our delegates on the Saturday morning. Uh, he attended our banquet last year, and he will do as well this year. Uh, many of the other council members came to the ba- will be at the banquet to mingle, not just with General Kosalki, but with many other uh, distinguished military veterans and colleagues of mine who are here seeing Cape Coral, many for the first time. But as far as the city's actual footprint of involvement goes, um, the the office of Econ- the economic development office has acted as more of the point of contact in putting together an itinerary that presents a, a a snapshot of various dimensions of what our community has to offer. Because to the army, um, like all the other reserve components, they want to know that their reserve centers and armories are in communities where they're going to be embraced and supported because I like to say that as a citizen warrior, you serve three times. You serve your family, you serve your employer, and you serve in the reserves. And you need to have a balance. And so oftentimes, without that community support, you're not going to be successful in accomplishing the mission. So what Cape Coral has to offer is, I can say this confidently, is definitely what the Army wants for the future, just like the rest of the Department of Defense, for their soldiers, sailors, airmen, and Marines.
0: I know that because of your military background and your service in the in the reserves that you take a lot of pride in bringing these high-ranking officers to the city of Cape Coral but for the just the general public here in Cape Coral why do you think that their visits to Cape Coral help the city? Well
1: I can I can say that it in life as in anything, it doesn't hurt to have as many friends as possible, and just as friends in high places, high friends in high places and in low places, mm-hmm. because you, you never know where <clears throat> people who want to be your champion and advocate might wind up someday. Mm-hmm. And so, with the, excuse me, the the general officer we had last year, and with General Kosalki this year, who is also a, a vascular surgeon in civilian life. Um, they, in turn, can spread the word about Cape Coral and saying this is a great place. This is an emerging area. The region is definitely one that is poised for growth. And as we develop Cape Coral and Lee County and southwest Florida, it's institutions like the VA and the Army Reserve that help um, enhance and multiply the character and flavor of those communities by being a representation of um, What's all that's good in our in our country today?
0: Well, you've got the banquet scheduled for next Saturday, on April the twenty eighth twenty eighth. Who attends the banquet, and why do you think it's an important event for the officers that do attend?
1: Well, again, um, the banquet is the culmination of our convention. So, just like any other professional organization. Uh, the early part of the rest of the meeting is all company business. You know, we're dealing with you know our finances, our resolutions, are dealing with uh, the business in hand of of any service or group. But the banquet is more of the social opportunity for all of us to get together and to mingle in a, in another setting that honors our respective service cultures and traditions. And in turn, we get to hear something that we haven't heard before at the um, keynote address but as far as who can attend anyone that's interested is more than welcome to come to the banquet however as with any organization we have to cover our cost so the cost of attendance at this point is only sixty dollars for the cover the meal charge at the resort at marina village but it would be a wonderful evening it's a black tie affair and uh, General Kuselki will be giving a presentation on the state of Army medicine, which is going to be a top shelf, uh, pres- a top shelf event.
0: If someone wants to find out more information, who can they call or where can they get that?
1: I would direct everyone to uh, Audie Lewis in the, the economic your economic development office. He, in turn, can get out the flyer to that in respective individual, and they just need to send it to the chair of my host committee. But time is running short. So if anyone's interested, uh, uh, make sure you get in touch with Audie here in the near future.
0: So it, it sounds like we've got some, a great visit planned. What would you hope to, to have come out of this visit once uh, General Kosolke, uh wraps up and, and, and heads off for his home up north?
1: Well, I would say in wrapping this up, you know, coming out of it, this ends my term of office. And I can take pride in saying that as a native son, as you alluded to earlier, and being president of this organization, I raised the profile. I had the good opportunity to raise the profile of the city of Cape Coral to some prominent military leaders. And hopefully from raising the profile in their visits and, and their embracing of our um hospitality that they would want to come back here and bless us with more resources to not just support the army but to make a better community at the end of the day
0: well vince i want to thank you for joining me today on capecast audio 20 my pleasure and we also want to thank you for your service to uh to this country in the military and maybe we'll have you back sometime to talk about other topics so Thanks for joining me.
1: Absolutely. Thank you.
0: Have a good week. This is Connie Barron. Take care.